Welcome to the Directing Animation Livecast with Scott Weiser. Going from animator in the big studios to my own studio of one, to directing the development of yet another new series at Space Station Animation, while continually crafting these passion projects, these 10 dynamic feature film pitches, the objective is always to master the art of telling deeply meaningful stories. Today we have... J.P. Sands as a special, special guest. And if you don't know J.P., he directed the short film Bilby at DreamWorks. He's been the head of animation on The Bad Guys that just came out and is a fantastically animated film. And he also worked on Rise of the Guardians, Ice Age 3. The list goes on and on. And he's very talented. Oh, and when I dis- the way I discovered J.P. was Steamroller Studios was doing their short Spice Frontier, and I saw his reference in comparison to the animation, and I thought, this guy is amazing at reference. So I had to get in contact with him, and I'm so glad to have you on the show. Is there anything you'd like to add to that? Oh, wait. By request of Steamroller Studios' Adam Mayer, this is the sound effect that I'm going to play when I show JP's face. (laughs) Screaming girls. (laughs) Yeah. Adam thinks you're dreamy, so... (laughs) The first thing I'm going to do is have a, a, a real talk with Adam after this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> is there anything you'd Let's like to Let's see how I can or... get back to him. Yeah. No, that was great. I appreciate the intro, man. I'm happy to be here. I know we've talked through email for a while, trying to get this going and find a date that yeah. you know works for us. But no, that was great, man. I, I appreciate it. I'm glad to be here. And I'm glad to have you here. And I'm so excited to just jump right into it. We had a question from David Wilson, who works at Microsoft. He wanted to know about the different styles of animation. Like the, each character kind of had their own animation style. I noticed it guys. the most. Yeah, for bad guys. Okay. And okay. I noticed it the most on the police captain. She just yeah. a lot of information in there, a lot of poses. And, and yet it was, yeah. she was so much fun to watch. So how did you arrive at the different styles for each character? That's a really good question. Luck. No. Um, <laughs> it just happened. <laughs> it's, all, it just, it's all luck. And then we, yeah. we, we just say it, it was on purpose. No, Bad Guys was was really special because first, you know, a lot of credit and the shared credit goes with the team. I oh, had an yeah. amazing team, amazing supervisors, and we did this together. It was such a collaborative project. The show wouldn't have looked the way it does without them. So it first comes from them. And, and we all wanted to do something special in the animation. But I think mostly I come from a background where I really like to dive into characters. You know, it comes from characters first, visuals is second. You know, uh, knowing your characters is what's going to dictate what you do in the animation, your performance, and even the style. Yeah. It's stuff that I've really gotten into and I, and I absolutely love it because I feel like, you know, animators are actors. And when you know the character and you know the ins and outs of the character, it gives you I feel like it just narrows down your ability to make acting choices because the more specific you are with a character the more specific you need to be with your acting choices yeah I think it comes from that from the very beginning we wanted to bring in an acting consultant Alan Simpson he's amazing he's been at the studio done some lectures for us in acting and and Pierre and I just loved him because it, it just gives you a different perspective and yeah. It reminds you of like animation is second, storytelling is first. Yeah. I just had and Ed I, Hooks on who um, used to do that. He was one of the first yeah. acting teachers there at DreamWorks. So, yeah. So I love that stuff. So what he was great at and what he allowed us to do is, you know, we only have six months to do the pre-production of this film. Okay which is really, really, really short in comparison to what we've done before. So we really needed to get all the assets ready in pre-production, but we also needed to find who the characters were. You know, the story's being written and tweaked at the same time as we're creating and building these characters. But at the same time, I want to know who these characters are. 
So it was a lot of brainstorming between the acting consultant, Pierre, the director, myself of like, who is this character? Why would he do that? What is he thinking? What's the mask that he's wearing? What is he afraid of? You know, all these things give us the ability of finding who the character is and allowing us to figure out what and how the character moves. So (laughs) all that to say... When I go back to that question, which is a great question, is it all came from the character. And as an example for Police Chief, we knew that Police Chief, at the beginning, we wanted, you know, in animated movies, and I think more in like, you know, Miyazaki films and, and Japanese animations, there's always like this one character that's super exaggerated. And it's just one tone in the film. Yeah. And we've never really done that. We always try to dive deep into each character, which is a great thing. But like, can we do something where a character's just like 100% the whole time? And it's like comedic effect. But even her, she started to become real. She started to have her doubts and, you know, who is she as a character? And the way we described her at the very end was if she were a superhero, she would be Batman, right? Like that's her mindset. Like she is. Like that's the way she she sees herself, right? Yeah, she's yeah, like if she could pick any superhero, it's freaking Batman because it's all about justice for her. That's it. Yeah. And she is she's like a horse on a track. You know, it's like that's all she looks at is the destination of justice. Yeah. Doesn't matter what's happening around her. That doesn't matter. That is the only thing that matters. So that's why I think her acting and her movement was very this. It's just like that's all I want to do is get the bad guys. You know, that's that's her sole job is to get the bad guys. And even when she gets it, we were asking ourselves like, okay, if she were to achieve her goal of arriving and catching the bad guys, what happens to her? You know, <laughs> she gives a speech. If that's her goal. <laughs> this right, is my whole that's life story now, leading up to this moment. <laughs> it, but it gives you information about the characters. Yeah, is it's it, awesome. You know, and and there could be so many different ways. It can be you know she would constantly go visit them because she feels like she needs to check up on them or she feels empty because she's all all she's wanted to do is this and now she has no goal and purpose in life or does she just jump onto the next like bad guys and then she goes to hunt that like that gives us information on who she is you know so all that came from finding who these characters are and and what what i loved about this film is that in story and pierre and the supervisors and alan everybody was really trying to track down who these characters are their wants their needs their fears that just helps me at least finding out who the characters are and how to how to make a move you know because you need to translate that into physicality so even the way they move the mannerisms all that stuff needs to be connected to who they are and sure, by the way is... you're gonna ask me a question and i will go on <laughs> so no you, no no that's feel how... free to interrupt me or be like all right we have another question jp <laughs> that's how this show goes so Don't yeah well the interesting thing is that that's the performance that i want to go back and frame through you know because there's just so much there. Which character was the hardest to nail, would you say? Animation style-wise. Animation style-wise. Well, animation style-wise, the whole the whole movie was a moving target, you know, for the whole style was, yeah. okay, what is the style? You know, the, the visual target of what this film was going to look like was always moving, you know, mm-hmm. like production designer, art director, Pierre, they were all trying to figure out what is the style and they were honing in on it closer and closer. And we were in pre-production at the same time trying to follow that and design choices that they were making, but also trying to find what is the style that's going to help and support the story, the emotional story. You know, yeah. I think that was the trickiest thing. I think it was more of a blanket statement of just finding the style was a lot trickier to do when everything's moving. It's driving a car while you're building it at the same time. <laughs> like that was a challenge <laughs> that we had to do. And that's what it felt like. Yeah. So I think that was the biggest challenge. Style wise, I don't see characters having different styles. 
I just have them as different personalities. That's how I see it, you know? So depending on the personality, they dictate oh. how they move. Oh, know? yeah, that's so, absolutely what how I would think about it, too. I would be like, oh, yeah, we need but, to make and, sure and, all these arcs are this way and the, you know, the time. Right, and sometimes, you know, sometimes you do. Sometimes you have projects that you can, you know, Trolls is a good uh, example where Trolls, there's so many different worlds and creatures that you can venture out and try different things. Like, oh, these characters move like this versus this, mm-hmm. and the style's a little bit differently. For bad guys, I think we just let the character and personality kind of dictate that. And maybe this is why the police chief was so explosive and 100 percent because she is that type of attitude. It's like, no, ah, 100. I need to get you guys. Like, that's it. And she was a little bit of the comic relief in a way. She was. Um, yeah. It was interesting, though. She seemed, I don't know, she, she seemed like a character. And then she just started to kind of really emerge over the, the movie, which was great. You know, what was interesting is we had a test screening with general audience at one point. You know, we do this in some checkpoints uh, through the film just to kind of gauge on how the audience are seeing it. You, you watch the movie so many times that you need a good gauge of what the audience is, is is receiving from it. I don't know why, but this question really stood out to me because we were trying to figure out who Police Chief was and how much do we want to do 100% for the whole movie, you know, mm-hmm. for her instead of having a lot of emotional arcs and story arc and just her overall arc as, as a character we we're like well what if she doesn't have an arc let's just have her straight let's see how it goes yeah and then she became more of a character which i loved and it's it's one of my favorite characters because of how stupid and fun it is yeah but there was one question an audience asked and to me it wasn't a negative to me it was like we did it which was remember where i was sitting or he was saying i'm sitting in the back just listening and it was a gentleman mid 30s mid 40s and his question was at the end of the movie, he asks, what happened to police chief? <laughs> and the, the guy holding it is like, oh, would you like to explain why you're asking that? What, what are you feeling? He's like, well, I don't know what happened. Like at the end of the movie, I want to see what happens to her next. Like what's going on with her? And to me, you know, that can easily become conversations like, OK, we need to have a button with police chief, maybe doing this or maybe. And to me, it was like, no, I think this means he's connected to the character and he just wants to know what happened to her. Like, that's a good thing to me. Yeah, yeah. To me, it was like he's interested in knowing what happened next. Mm-hmm. And there's ways to listen to comments and to filter them out on what where the question's coming from. And I'm learning yeah. that. But to me, that was like, guys, I think that's a great thing. Like, I think we're onto something because he just wants to know what happened to her. And that's actually a really good point too. this idea of um, filtering, putting the comments actually through many filters. Because there's a filter of like, okay, is this if we take this as negative, what how can it affect the film and how can it make it better? If we take it as positive, how can it affect the film and make it better? I actually um I'm going to this is uh not a real copy of the book, Mass Magic, but this is the book I'll be kickstarting in August. And as I've been preparing the video, I've been watching I've been recording people reading the last couple of chapters and then their reactions after. Yeah, it's just been very interesting to see it all uncut and they're different. I, there was actually one video where they, they filmed it without me, so <laughs> There's one kid who has his salamander and there's another girl who has her turtle and they're like, it's their actual salamanders and turtles that they're just holding. Their, their I was going to ask. Yeah. <laughs> and the, the one sister's like, everybody should clap. That was amazing. And they clap. And, the, and then they're like, well, turtle's not cooperating. Why isn't he clapping? And yeah, salamander just doesn't want to clap, but he enjoyed the book or something. I can't remember what it was, but <laughs> it was just really funny. You know, and how and old it, were the kids? They were, I'm guessing they're about seven, 10 and okay. 13. Yeah. Got it. Okay. Yeah, yeah. That's interesting. Because even kids, right? Like they, I think as humans, we're not really good at communicating, right? We're not, we're not yeah. great at choosing our words carefully and pers- and being a, an exact representation of what we're feeling. And I think kids, there's more of that filter that you need to do. Like, yeah, the yeah. comment of like, he doesn't want to clap, but he liked the book. Like, what does that mean? Oh, yeah. Well, in his first you response, know? actually, which I'm not going to put in the video, but everybody's going to hear it here. <laughs> he said the end and this boy said, what? 
<laughs> he's like, nice. no, no, I want more. And then, which was the same kind of comment, right? And then the, the right. daughter was like, you better write another one. Um, but I actually wrote the end of the book to feel a little bit unsettling. So you either went back and read or you went back and thought. Um, it's just, cool. it's kind of a creepy story. And so it, it works, you know? So I took Very that cool, as a good, man. even though I was like, ah, oh, it could be construed as bad. And it could be bad, you know? We, we're all getting better at storytellers. So, yeah. I mean, it's it's also, you know, it's, it's making an impact, you know, whether it's good or bad, it's making an impact. So there's something going on that's good. Right. Yeah. Actually, that boy does not like he does not like fiction. Okay. He's like, I don't like fiction. Interesting. So anytime his dad reads a fictional book, he he tunes out. But he loved this book. So, wow. I mean, I that's good, man. It's a positive. Yeah. Good luck with that, man. Thank you. That's awesome. Is there anything more you want to add about that, by the way, of the idea of filtering the comments? Oh, man. And where you have to go, like where? What How many hours do we have? have? <laughs> I know. No, uh, no. I think I think just overall, I think there's a, there's an art to giving feedback and, and receiving feedback, oh, you yeah. know, whether it's real life or in an art form. So yeah. I think receiving when you're receiving feedback, I think it's just really trying to figure out where it's coming from, you know, yeah. and, and not one feedback is 100 percent it. It's yeah. all opinion anyways. You know, oh, yeah. everybody has different, you know, personalities and different mindsets and different views on things. So what one person's gonna say, probably not what the other person's gonna say. So I think Tarantino was I loved there was a a quote that he said and when he was started directing and he was pitching his ideas, he talked about people not being able to give proper feedback mm-hmm. uh, because uh, I think he meant I'm butchering this, by the way. So I'm not <laughs> do not quote me on this is what Tarantino said. But he was saying about it was one director that he heard the pitch and the style and the feeling and the visuals and he he didn't like it. So his feedback was very, you know, you should do this and you should do that. And this is what I would do. And that's what I would do. And he realized that this director, which I won't name, was giving feedback based on his likes and what he likes to see. Mm-hmm. So for him, there was too much blood and it was too much grit. And there was it's too it was too much for him. So for him it was not a good style. So his feedback was like, well, I think you would get better. You would do better if you don't do so much blood. And then maybe just <laughs> pick your moments. And, yeah. you know, and Tarantino's like, no, this is the style. This is what I want to do. And I think it's the same thing with giving feedback. I think it's a it's not about this is what I like, so I'm gonna give you feedback on this is what I would like to see. I think it's recognizing what style you're going for, what genre you're you, you want to mm-hmm. aim for, what emotions you want the audience to be. And then it's like, well, you can still give proper feedback and positive feedback. You know, you can say, That's not my style, and that's not a movie that I would love to go see. But if this is a style you're going for, there could be things that you can make it better. Or, oh, this then then this is working. You know, like I think you can see it. You just have to take yourself out. And sometimes it's hard to do because it's not your style. So it's hard to yeah. engage in, in giving proper feedback. Sometimes it's okay to not give feedback. Sometimes it's yeah. okay to say, you know, it's not my style. So I I I don't even know where to begin, you know, and it's fine. That's okay. Sometimes no feedback is better than wrong feedback. So, well, and sometimes wrong feedback, like from your story, if you can do the interaction, if you can actually start to ask questions like, oh, what's behind that? Or at what point of the the movie did you not start not liking it? You know, then you can start to kind of learn things, I think, because again, and I actually I, I kind of feel like I can sense if the feedback is good now or if the feedback is well thought out. That would probably be it. Not the word good, but just well thought out. If there's a lot of thought behind it. If there's mm-hmm. not, then then I think that's when you have to start asking the questions and, and digging in and saying, where did that originate? Because they might not even know where that right. um, where that originated. And, yeah, sometimes yeah. sometimes you don't want to know what the answer is from the feedback. You just want to know what the problem is. And I yes. think that's more telling than anything. You know, a lot yeah. of people might say, 
act two, this is how you should fix it. And you'll get like 50 different ideas. Oh, yeah. What you can get out of it is like, okay, act two is not working because <laughs> a lot of people are trying to chime in and, and put their take on how they can fix it. And there might be a great idea somewhere here. Well, let's figure out what's not working. So yeah, so many already comments on that section. It means there's something not working as well as the other act. So somebody's everybody's reacting to something there. And yeah. what is it? You know, I think that's where you can start. But yeah, I'm still I ask learning. people no, to point like, toward the a... problem, not come up with a solution, because that's our job, right? That's our job as storytellers is to come up with a solution of how how the story yes. would 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 uh, naturally yeah. progress to fix that. Yes, and I, and I think I I would put another step to that that I, oh, love, I love listening this. to yeah. solutions as well. You know, to oh, not, yeah, yeah. not to not to uh, to throw another perspective on it, but I love hearing what's not working, and then if they have an idea. Yeah, that's uh, actually a good point. It's, yeah, Absolutely. it's always you never know what you're gonna get, and it doesn't matter who it is. Like, mm -hmm. it doesn't matter if they're in story, if if this is just a general audience, if it's like a four year old kid. A good idea is a good idea. I love hearing it, and yeah, no, oh, I do too. Uh, actually, I, I and, love that and, correction. And I think too. I well, I, I just I've grown from it, and I've and it astonishes yeah. me the different ideas that people get, and sometimes they're not the wrong ones, you know, and sometimes they're yeah, but sometimes the wrong they're ones not the right ones, right? Yeah, and, sometimes yeah. they do, and then to me, I love I love when I'm when I'm writing or or brainstorming with people, I love to see this where I there's one question and then we just go off to somewhere else. Something that I I love doing is treating it like improv, mm. where anything that is thrown out, you know, improv, you have to say yes to whatever is given you. You can't you can't deny it because then it ends. So yeah. if it's like it's raining, you can't just say no, it's not. You have to go with it and say that's yep, it's raining. Realize, and then yeah. what do you do? So <laughs> that's how improv works best. And to me, brainstorming is the same thing, and it it adds it brings so much to it if you come with that mindset of your initial gut instinct can say oh that is a crap idea yeah but you have to say okay if we do that what happens and then you follow it and then you start noticing that maybe it fixes some things or maybe it's like okay that is a wrong idea but it does do this in act three which is really cool yeah okay let's maybe that's not the solution but the result of what it does here is great so it just leads you to different paths that you might have not taken you know so yeah that's how i like to work I don't oh know if it's I, right me thing, too but, yeah i I heard it from, I think it was Harmon Brothers and Angel Studios. They said that when they're brainstorming, the rule is every idea gets written down. Like mm, every idea cool. just gets put down because you don't know what you're doing at the time. You know, you might go back and see an idea that you thought was bad at the time, but it's actually a great idea or yeah, it leads yeah. to a great idea. Like you said, with the with the audience, maybe giving whatever the solution they, they have. And I did that with my my last five feature film pitches where I was brainstorming a new title for this project. And I wrote down every idea and I didn't like any of them, but I went back and there was actually one that was like, this is actually a great idea. How did I not see nice. that? I remember thinking it was a bad idea as I wrote it down, you know? But I That's thought, awesome. I'm not going to censor. You know, I'm just going to... Man, titles are it. so hard to come up with, too. Oh, yeah. You know? <laughs> Especially if you come up with, like, just, like, a stand-in title for now. You know, you call it whatever. And then you've called it that for so long. And there's like, okay, we need to come up with it. Oh, yeah, we don't have a title. Like, we've been calling it this, but that's not the title. We need to come up with a title. Sometimes it's so hard. For Bilby, I remember Pierre Leon and I, we wanted... Bilby was not the first choice at all. Uh-huh. For that short, there was many different examples and options. And Bilby at the end of the day was it just fit, and it was like, why? Why don't we call it Bilby? Like, <laughs> what are we losing from there? You know, because yeah. Bilby's the actual creature. You know, sometimes you overthink things, and at the end, it was like, why not Bilby? And I think that was somebody's idea at the beginning, and we're like, yeah, no, that's that's cool, but I don't know. We there's an opportunity here. You know, there's mm -hmm. there's always opportunities for titles to engage and hook people, and, and at the end, it, it just stayed Bilby. <laughs> <laughs> And we never went with any of the options. That's awesome. So you've worked as an animator for several years, and now you're in a head of animation position. 
what are your feelings on the difference between those two roles and you know the pros and cons like what's the best thing what's the <clears throat> worst thing about it you know or the toughest uh, thing uh, loaded question yeah um, <laughs> i love it i love i loved bad guys i love being the head of animation because it allowed me to i love teaching animation there's something really rewarding there and giving people the aha moments that i really really miss when i when i used to teach still learning by the way that should that should be my discl- my, my disclaimer here is that we all i'm are. still growing oh, absolutely. an animator and yeah. everything that i've learned is from amazing animators and people that i've worked with in the past and i still do mm-hmm. i'm constantly learning and i feel like i learn more i learn more as a head of animation i think on this project than as an animator because like when you're teaching you have let's say 15 students and within a few weeks you're seeing 15 works of animation and you're giving feedback and you're brainstorming and then you're seeing the result and you as a as a mentor you're learning from how they're executing their ideas and how they're interpreting your notes and how they execute it oh yeah and you have 10 or 15 shots instead of you doing one and getting feedback for that one shot in the same amount of time you're going through 10 to 15 shots instead of your just one shot for me i learned a lot when i started teaching yeah i was very anxious because i'm like i'm not a teacher i don't know animation enough to teach especially acting and it pushed me my anxiety pushed me to like really learn and and write down and like take acting classes and take lectures online and all this stuff that helped me put into words what we might know already and what we might not know and i think there's a connection there for head of animation because i learned a lot there's so many amazing animators and supervisors on this show i learned from every single one of them and in a weird way i didn't miss animating I, i love animating i love i love the bringing a character to life right i love that about it and that's why i love storytelling and and why i constantly pursue that but Mm -hmm. on bad guys it was i love you know giving opportunities and like what do you want to do great if you're really excited about that that means you're going to put it your all and you're going to do something special and let's see what you come up with and it's it was so much fun it was so entertaining you know i love that you connect it to teaching too because that's what i keep saying i'm like being a director is just being a teacher. Like people ask me if I wanted to teach at a university or teach classes. I'm like, I do teach, you know, it's just in the directing role, right? Man, I don't feel that way when, when directing, I think to me is, is it's funny, actually on, on Bilby, I was very anxious on directing something because directing is when I see directors and it was a misconception, you know, for me, when I saw directors, it was like, man, they know, they know their stuff. Like mm-hmm. to be a director, they know everything they know the story they know the emotion they need to know they know what lighting they wanted i mean when you when you look at the product you're like and especially some projects more than others you see wow like that there was a clear direction there and the director and his team knew exactly where to put the lighting when to amp up the score what type of score it was the emotional acting in the characters obviously and like the colors that were used and the color palette like everything was synchronized and like man the director and it gave me a lot of make misconceptions for me of like what I needed to do as a director of like coming in and like just okay this is what we need and blah blah, blah. like I don't know yeah. I, don't, I don't play music I don't play music I the best the closest thing I can do is whistle <laughs> so when we had our meeting with with our composer it was like man I don't even know where to begin and and I was reading a lot of like directing 101 and like you know some tips you know and and at the end it was like you know, it's the emotion. What emotion are you going for? And that's all. You don't need to tell them how to do it. In animation, I can. I think because I'm an, I'm an animator and I love acting. I, I think as a head of animation, I, I can have that eye of this is exactly what you can do in your execution to get me what I need for an emotional beat that I need. Okay. But when it comes to lighting and you learn through it, so you become better and better. But, you know, you have heads of lighting, heads of 
cinematography, you know, layout, and this is what they do. So mm -hmm. for me, when I, when, I, when I don't know how to execute it, that's not my job how to execute. My job is to envision what I'm looking for. Like, what is the emotion that I want the audience to feel here? And then they can figure out what cameras will add to that. And then the lighting, what type of lighting, you know, and then I can react to the light and be like, oh, it feels a little flat. And I don't know why. Like, oh, you know what? We can switch the lighting. We can do this and give you more atmosphere. I was like, great. You know, I took pressure off me and I had Leroy and Pierre, which was great because then we were dividing the pressure. It wasn't just shoulders, the, the pressure on just me. It was just yeah. kind of divided. And, and that helped. And it just helped navigate. I mean, and I don't know. I'm Again, I'm still learning. I have no idea what I'm doing. It's all improv. So, <laughs> I don't even know what the question was. <laughs> I don't know what we started talking about. The initial question was your thoughts on animation versus being ahead of animation. Oh, yes. <laughs> and your favorite and we went, most about that. No, we, we, we actually did go into the, though, because right away you started comparing it to teaching. And then I, I right, said that I right. felt like directing was like teaching and and I think that the component of that was I was I was putting directing as an entire umbrella. And I meant just more like being ahead of animation, just directing animation is like teaching for you. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was completely useful because you're right. When you're a director director, so you're over many different apartments, you have all, all those different heads of their individual apartments. It can be like teaching. It could also just be like you're providing the catalyst for the vision and then you're relying on their expertise to come in and do the things that you can't do. Which is the essence of, of leadership and, and of being a director, I think. So I'm still learning and, and I always feel like I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah. That is like every day. <laughs> Doesn't matter. You know, it just it just feels like, oh, you know, there was that, that running joke of that people say like, okay, you're going to find out I'm a, I'm a hack and I don't know what I'm talking about. The imposter and, syndrome. <laughs> yeah. yeah, the imposter syndrome. Yeah. I, I always feel that. And it's I think it's healthy. I, I finally just accepted it that it's never going to go away. And this is why you rely on amazing talent around you to yeah. figure it out with you. And that's I love the collaboration. It was the same thing with animation, by the way, like the head of animation. I've never done that before, before Bad Guys. Mm -hmm. I remember going going to heads of animations that I worked with in the past and asked them for feedback, asked them for hey, what type of feedback would you have liked to be given before starting the role? Something that you know now that you didn't know before. Yeah. And it was great because I learned from what their perspective was on the role. And for me, it just came from I don't want to fail anybody. Uh, I don't want to fail the animators. I want the animators to grow and have fun. Like those two were my main things. Like I want people to have fun and enjoy the show. But I also want them to grow and feel like they are better animators at the end of the show than at the beginning. Yeah. I was putting so much pressure on me to accomplish that, mm -hmm. that this is why from the beginning, it was like, I, this is like a collaborative thing. And again, I had amazing supervisors that they were right there with me next to me and all the decisions and ideas and brainstorms and meetings, we, we did it together, you know, and, and that helped me again, take weight off my shoulders and just kind of do it all as a group, you know? So yeah, it was, fun. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it a lot. I learned a lot for sure. Yeah. That's a phrase that I, I'm, I'm sure you say often. I say it often too. It's just like completely constantly learning. Uh, and I want to hear more about how this uh, steamroller collaboration occurred. Was it when you worked on rise of the guardians with Jalil or cause it was interesting. Yeah. That you were an inspiration for so much of that short film, your reference, you know, I don't know how much inspiration I was really. I think, you know, I just helped out with some references, but Jaleel and I have, you know, we met here at Blue, uh, DreamWorks and we just clicked, you know, he yeah. has, he came from a different animation background than I did. Uh, there was a lot of shared perspectives and different perspectives. And I, I learned a lot from him. Mm. He might say the same thing, but he's, probably he's just being nice. And <laughs> it was it was a great collaboration. And I and we've all you know, there's there's always some people in your life that you always stay connected to. Yeah. Um, you know, there's something there. And you just always want to, you know, there's there's something special there. And I think with Jaleel is it's just 
that's what it is. You know, I have a few people, thankfully, in my life. When he moved to Florida, it was always conversations of hopefully one day we get to work together again. And we were just collaborating. And he had this this thing that he was writing and he wanted to try it. I'm like, dude, I would love to see what you're working on. Not to work on it myself. I'm here at in, in California. Yeah. But I would love to see what you're doing. And I went to visit them. And it was just like, do you want to shoot reference? I think that we're in like, it was layout. And I think that yeah. we're, they were like in the layout phase. And I'm like, I'll shoot reference for you. Like, because we started talking about layout and we started talking about like camera stuff. And I love talking about that stuff. And I love brainstorming. Yeah. I love to be wrong too. I love to be like, oh, what if you do this? And I love, because I'm everybody's wrong all the time. I know I'm wrong all the time sometimes. Yeah. And with Jaleel, it's great because he just doesn't take the feedback and then do something else. He's like, he has a conversation with you, kind of like we were talking about. Yeah. And he'll be like, well, we were trying to go for this. So, and he he has a mentality too. It's like, if we do this, what do you think it'll give us? I'm like, oh no, you're right. You're right. Like, thank you for exploring my idea, but you're right. Let's do this instead. And then things were the other way around. And it was, it was great. So I knew I wanted to collaborate somehow with him. And I've always told him, but realistically, it's really hard. You know, I have, yeah. I have a kid, I'm in California, like we're three hours apart. I mean, he's doing his own thing, but yeah. We just love working together so much. We want to do something. And I think when I was there, I just shot reference for a few things. That is so cool. I love how simple that story is. You just went to visit and then you, you filmed some reference. <laughs> yeah, I went to yeah. visit. I wanted to see his studio. I, did, I imagine like, a something a little bit more complex and... where he's like, oh, J, you know, JP, I love your reference. Will you film it out where you're living and just kind of send us a reference for these different ideas? And it was just sounds like it was just all out there. So that's cool. It was all on the fly. Like and I completely the... connect to um, this idea of clicking instantly with Jalil. I didn't even see it coming, the different collaborations we've been able to have, where we just had a conversation at CTNX, and I guess I walked away, and he's like, I want to work with him someday. And it's going to happen. We're, we're going to do more and more together, Good. I'm sure. But... Yeah, he's great, man. Oh, he is. he is. Hi, Jaleel. Hi, Jaleel. If you're listening. <laughs> yeah, that's so cool. I love that story. So we're kind of nearing the end of the interview. Holy cow. Okay. And Time goes I always okay. end with the get wiser moment. This has to do with my brand, my purpose in making films. I want to know your perspective on this, right? You don't have oh, to give boy. me the be all and all answer because I'm asking everybody this question. Okay. If my goal is to get the greatest clarity, the great po greatest potency of truth into a story, what approach would you recommend? Wow, that's a great. Okay, give me that question again. If my goal is to get the greatest clarity of of truth into a story, what approach would you recommend? Man, what a great question. I would love to see all the answers that you get. I'm going <laughs> to learn a lot from it. I'm still learning on how to tell stories and what's the connection. And to me, it always comes down to the truth in a story and the emotion that you're connected to. You know, when you read scripts and you write ideas i feel like an animation there's a this my this has been my experience and I, th I i guess i'm giving you an answer like this where like i'm i'm going through my thought process and i'll give you an answer yeah uh, because i'm still processing but oh, yeah they actually I, I did a presentation last friday at the salt lake animation expo great went streaming well it's now up on the youtube channel and they asked me that question <laughs> <laughs> They're like, what's your answer? And I was like, oh, I'm still processing all the other answers. So yeah. I gave the best answer like, I could. <laughs> they seem to like it. Um, so. <laughs> this is only going to be online forever and people are going to listen to my answer. Yeah. It's funny. My perception animation has always been almost backwards. You know, you, you receive a story, you receive the audio, and you're supposed to give the performance afterwards. Yeah. And so there's a perspective of you come after the fact of all everything that's been worked out. Yeah. When you start writing from that perspective, I feel like a lot of people and myself as well included, when you start writing and trying to develop your own ideas, you have to break that mold of not viewing it as an afterthought or what the audience is going to see. Because in animation, you start thinking this way. I, I was engraved, ingrained in my body to think, what does the audience want to see and what's appealing for them and find the poses? 
And in reality, it's like, well, what's the performance? What's the emotional state of mind of the character? That's going to dictate the poses. That's going to dictate the movement. So come from the root of the emotion first, you know, in the thought process. And then you find the visuals that best represents that. And I think for story, it's kind of the same thing. I feel and I've seen it myself when people come to me, it's like, hey, I have a script. I want you to read it. Or And, and I love doing that stuff. Or I have an idea for a short film. Normally, when they come from a production that's a post-production, like animation mm-hmm. or uh, or just production itself, it, I can see the thought process of being just like the layer of what the audience will see. And I'm not seeing what comes before that, which is the tone the emotional state of mind. What are you trying to say? What's the feeling? Like if you mm-hmm. were, what do you, what's, what's the core truth of what the story you're trying to create? Mm-hmm. Because I'm not connecting to that because all I'm seeing is what you're, what you think the audience might want to see. And I've been guilty on that as well. Yeah. So I don't know. To me, it's just what, what connects you to the story? Like, you know, it's, it's an industry. So I get it. There's a lot of money to be made. Yeah. We got to make money. Just and... like, just, I a hundred percent get it. And I think if anything, this uh, streaming services that have come up and one content gives us more opportunity to explore and they want to take more chances and it allows you to be more truthful in your story and not just worry about, you know, when you try to make a story for everyone, you make a story for no one. So it just becomes very flat and neutral to me. So when you're very specific, specific about your story when you're very specific about what story you're trying to tell whether that's emotional and you're I feel like I'm on the right path if I'm if I start getting self-conscious about am I putting too much emotion am I putting too much of myself in it yeah and I feel like no I think that's good because people will connect to it you know and and yeah. I think you need to be specific you know and listening with, with... to your listening to your answer you said emotion a lot or words that connected to emotion which is very interesting I think I've heard a lot of people say that a great film is a film that makes you think but if you if you study the human brain a very small it's like less than one percent of our thoughts are actually conscious most of them are subconscious and then unconscious right and the way the only way you can communicate to those subconscious and unconscious minds, is emotion. If there's no emotion yes. attached to it, that's that's what your brain is paying attention to, which is why we have we have a lot of emotions that kind of lie to us. Like we get anxiety in a in a situation where we're actually completely safe. A psychologist will actually start to tell teach you to remind yourself that you're safe. You're not in a fight or flight um, mm. situation, even though you're feeling that fight or flight response. So they teach you to communicate with your emotions. So it's interesting. I I think I think maybe the thing you want to be specific about is the emotion your your audience is going to feel and what's that what that's going to start to create in their minds. You give the the audience the opportunity to piece together the truth, perhaps. And also and and but also the character, right? Like if mm-hmm. if it's an overall blanket of of an emotion, I don't think that's specific enough, right? It has to come from the character. What is the character going through right now? Well, yeah, because if, if the is... character's just sitting up there emoting, like ooh, you know, that's not going to create <laughs> right. an emotion. The thing that created creates emotion is you have a uh, an objective you have an obstacle you have an action you do to overcome that obstacle and from that the audience can relate oh if i were doing that that's this is the emotion i would feel or whatnot yeah art is very vulnerable yes you have to be vulnerable to create something that will resonate with audience it takes courage you you have to put a lot of yourself in it and you have to put a lot of your stories in it and sometimes it's hard and sometimes i've gone through a lot of stuff in my life that has been for me very difficult and Mm -hmm. that has shaped me into even how i think about things now and trying to learn from it and not instead of crippling me yeah. for the future i wanted to help me and make me better as a person and i think i'm going very deep 
I, I think putting that stuff, everybody's going through stuff, you know? Yeah, everybody is. If, if anything, COVID has been an awful thing that happened to a lot of people because it showed a lot of vulnerability that people were going through. It's like a magnifying glass, right? Where we know, were busy be, in, involved in these routines. Yeah, you're, and once you're, you broke the routine, from, like, what's really there? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. You're, nine to, you're nine to five, nine to five. And they're like, oh, man, I haven't seen my family, my parents in like a year. I should get up, get on that and try yeah. to see them. And then you keep working. It's like, oh, man, it's been three years and I haven't worked on this project that I wanted to work on because you're 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 always on one then you know doing day to day and then I think for COVID a lot of people it hit hard you know even on here at the studio and friends and everybody went through something I went through to some I went through something as well mm-hmm. and it was a an awakening of like where are you in your life and and are you good you know yeah are you happy are you growing are you healthy mentally are you so I, I guess I'm saying this because everybody in life has a story to tell because their story is very unique you know it might be similar on the things that happened but their perspective they're growing they're nurturing everything just it just becomes very unique to them and if they tell that specific story it doesn't mean it's only going to connect to the people that only went through that specific thing it's going to it's going to relate to everybody because everybody went through something similar and you can yeah. easily connect to that at an emotional level. And I think when you're creating something and writing something, I think you have to be vulnerable. And yeah. I think you have to be able to let yourself be in that state and share it, which yeah. is very difficult. And like you said, it does take courage. But those are the stories that I connect to the most. Those Absolutely. are the stories that resonate with me the most. And even when yeah. people tell me stories of hard times and what they went through, I tear up with them. Or when I tell them my stories, they tear up with me. Yeah. Because we're humans. We connect to that. And it's like, it's so, it's so powerful. Yeah. So that's why I love storytelling. I think. Me too. It's just an opportunity. Yeah, that was a really great answer. And I don't know. It, it kept reminding me of my, one of my favorite story gurus, um, Brian McDonald. He often says that storytelling isn't self-expression, it's self-exposition. It's exposing yourself, right? It's no, being vulnerable and That's exposing cool. the the challenging, the the hard parts of yourself. And yeah, so That's that was amazing. a fantastic answer. Thank you so much. We're all still learning. So yeah. anything I say, if it works for you, great. If it doesn't, don't worry about it. Move on. Yeah, <laughs> I, I kind of view this this question <laughs> as pieces of a puzzle that I'm putting together, and I'm okay. I'm yeah. seeing things more clearly. Oh yeah. 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 And a lot of it is is a even more deeper question that I'll someday get into, but it's like what is truth, you know? That's a it. that's a, something it. that's constantly debated. You know. I think it, I'm sure everyone's always in search for how to do it and, and how yeah. to create it. Whenever you find the answer, please share it. <laughs> Just I, let me know. That would uh, be great. Okay. <laughs> I'll let you know as I, I go further and further. My my presentation last week was indicative of that, right? It was me starting to unfold and, and show these things that I've learned about it. But again, that's installment one. I'm sure there are hundred chapters of that conversation I, that'll I, happen. So hey, you know, we're all we're all learning. So I yeah, will, absolutely. I will I will be looking out for those things. Awesome. So I know you're not a huge social media guy. Is there anywhere people can support you online or something you'd like uh, them yeah, to do and to connect you, with you? You and I now? just talked about it for the social media. Yeah, I'm not yeah. a big social media guy. I've never been. I've tried and it just, I can't keep up with it. I, I have my Instagram that I'm always going to say, I'm going to start posting stuff because I know people want to see behind the scenes of like bad guys and illustrations and how we came up with stuff. And I have so much content that I want to share and I, n- I never get down to do it. So I will do it on Instagram, work. I'm sure. What's You're that? too busy doing the work that is meaningful to you. I'll be I'll be super truthful again with the social media stuff. I try to do it on Bill because people said, you know, self-promote and show it. And I'm like, yeah, that's what people are doing. Now let me do it. 
And I started to care too much of what the reactions were and, and the likes for each posting. And, and I didn't like that about social media. Like I can see how if I keep going on this rabbit hole, I'm going to find I'm going to try to find self-worth on this from this like social media app. And I don't want to do that. From and this machine so that like, was built for marketing and not actually. Yeah. For, and uh... I started that and I started that because I wanted to share pictures with me and my son to my parents. You know, yeah. and it's like this would be a great way because I. It was hard to talk to him, so I'll just share pictures of me and him. So there's a lot of personal pictures there. Yeah, I love and those like, pictures. No, I'll do work stuff, and I'll, <laughs> and then I'm like, I'll put work stuff, and I'll start doing that. And then I stopped, like three year hiatus. But I will pick it up again, and I, I, I do want to share because as a, as a student, when I was a student, I'm, I'm still a student to be honest, but <laughs> lifelong. Before I got into the industry, I love seeing that stuff, and I love seeing yeah. the fails. I love, I don't like seeing the pretty pictures of like this is the final design we came up with. I want to see all the crap that you went through to get to that one design because it inspires me. It ins- it was so inspiring to see people struggle, yeah. you know, to get to what you see on screen. And it, it reminds you, everybody's human. Everybody's like still working at it. Trust me, I have a lot of failure drawings and sketches that I can share. <laughs> so I will. That's where you can find me, I think. <laughs> That's, That's I great. Yeah. And I have the links to that down in the show notes, <laughs> links to um, where you can follow me sure. as well. And until next Sounds time, good, man. thank you for being on the show. And I hope until no, next thank- time we all... Uh, Sorry. <laughs> no, I was going to say thank you for the time. Thank you for, for reaching out to me. I think this is great. I love talking about stuff and and, and brainstorming and, and talking and, and learning. So this was awesome. Man. Appreciate yeah. it. Well, it was a wonderful conversation. Thank you for being here. And until next time, I hope we all get a little wiser. Thank you for watching the Directing Animation Livecast hosted by Scott Weiser, audio version edited by Kira Horowitz, copyright Scott Weiser, LLC 2022. Don't forget to subscribe on YouTube and ring that notification bell.